That's a sensational catch. Absolutely brilliant from Hooper. Was hit back firmly by Mayallo. Could fly all the way for a maximum. It's going to soar into the sky. That's the six they needed. That's 50 for Forbrush. What a knock that is from him. Outstanding striking. And that six brings Guernsey back into the... Could be a catch. What a catch. One-handed grab. And that's Josh Butler, the captain. Oh, my days. We have been treated to some catches in this tournament. Welcome to Guernsey Cricket's podcast. I'm Ben Burbrush, Cricket Development Officer, and we'll be chatting to players old and new, coaches, administrators, and hopefully a few other cricketing keen beans along the way. Okay, in today's episode we're catching up with Guernsey's youngest ever and current captain, Josh Butler, and the opening bowler and current player of the year, Will Peatfield. So, boys, to start off with... How are we all coping with, with lockdown? Uh, what have we been getting up to? Yeah, well, I'm probably one of the lucky ones. By no, we, by no means I'm a critical worker, but we, we've been cleared to uh, go to work still. So I've been getting out of the house quite a bit, um, especially with the weather turning for the good. We've been busy at the ground. So a bit of a shame that there's no cricket at the moment to prepare for. But at the same time, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I, I get out of the house near enough every day. So, And, and yourself, Will? Uh, yeah. Um... Obviously, working from home now, um, so it's been a massive sort of, well, change day to day, um, but sort of still managed to try and get the two hours a day, um, whether that's just walking or running or cycling. It's, uh, it's sort of starting to feel quite normal now, which is, I guess, good. Um, so, yeah, just sort of waiting for the next, uh, next announcement, sort of see what happens and then, uh, yeah, keeping busy until then. Yeah, so obviously in Guernsey, we're a little bit more fortunate than the UK because we're actually getting two hours a day of, of exercise, whereas uh, listeners from the UK might be only getting one hour, if that. I think some places are actually down to, to no contact time at all outside, isn't it? So, yeah, we are fairly yeah. fortunate, as you said. Um, on that, um, personally, I think Gavin St. Pierre, uh, Dr. Nicola Brink and Heidi Salisbury are doing a fantastic job for, for, the, for the island um, and certainly proving how great we are as, as an island, um, which, which is great. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my sort of first bit of the pod, obviously, first ever episode, thought I'd go on the, the two big guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how do we feel 20, 2019? What, what do we feel that, that was as a season? You know, uh, how was it for you boys? How did you think it went um, as a personal one and also as, as a Guernsey, as the actual nation of Guernsey? Um, I thought as a, well, for a Guernsey team, it was, it was probably about average. I thought it was, it felt annoyingly, um, like a bit of a springboard year because the the squad sort of seems fairly settled now. Um, and it sort of seemed like we could really sort of start going places from where we finished up last season. Obviously the games against Jersey didn't go great, but the tournament was, uh, was really good fun and ended up with a couple of wins in that, which was, um, which is, yeah, probably about where you wanted to be. But as I said, um, Josh, I don't know what you think, but I thought that sort of this year could have been a sort of, definitely could have gone up another gear. Yeah, I think 2019 was probably, if you look at it, actually game for game was probably a slightly disappointing year in the sense of, you know, we finished the tournament strongly, but, you know, we had a, we had a couple of games or we had one game in the tournament, which was close. We didn't, we didn't win that one. Um, I know you're always going to 
lose out on some close games. But actually, if you break it down, if we if we say had won that game against Italy, suddenly we propel ourselves up to third in the table rather than you know fighting out for like fifth. Um, and then you look at the Jersey games, the three T20s, we lost all three, and then we lost the 50 over Interinsula. So, you know, I, I think we're, you know, Jersey have obviously been a, a pretty good team for some time now, but I think if you give us four games against them, we, we shouldn't be coming away with nothing. We should be coming away with, you know, more than that. So, annoyingly, it was a, a slightly disappointing year in that sense. Um, but as Pete Field said, looking at, what we were looking at for this year um, was probably the strongest squad we'd had going into it and the best winter we'd had going into it for some time. So, you know, it's frustrating, but um, obviously it, it can't be helped when something as global and as a, as as the pandemic is. So, Yeah, so yeah, on that, obviously... Um, yeah. Sorry, carry, carry on, Will. Oh, no, I was, I was, I was going to say, like Josh said, everyone had been um, sort of, from a squad point of view, it seemed that everyone... I, I hadn't really seen people train, not necessarily because obviously the access this winter was on one to ones and sort of improving improving your sort of skills that way and the sort of commitment from the squad. Certainly compared to previous winters, sort of seemed like it was definitely sort of people were not taking it more seriously, but really yeah went up a couple of gears and you sort of saw people going in at six six thirty in the morning, um, sort of twice a week or after work basically whenever they could get a get a free hour and um and yeah I, I mean as Josh says the the halt on sort of day-to-day life is 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 completely necessary and um and unavoidable but it's um it is a shame that sort of the hard work that everyone put in over the winter probably won't be able to get showcased in the way that it possibly could have been yeah, so obviously um, Ash Wright has, has moved on. Uh, Andy Cornford's back for his uh, second stint with Guernsey and, and also um, Ollie Tapp's come on as a performance coach as well. So, um, Good batting coach, probably the best batting coach I've had, I think. Yeah, so Tappy for me has been brilliant as well. Um, who, yeah, I haven't... Obviously, it's it, at first everyone was sort of maybe a little bit hesitant. He's only, I think he's, what, 26, if that? Um, so, young lad thinking you know, straight out of uni and, and um, sort of internships, but so far from what, what I've seen as a player's point of view, and also as a, as a work colleague, uh, he's been a breath of fresh air. So uh, real good on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like he's um, sort of the, cause, because he's, he's travelled around and sort of coached in a lot of different environments. And it sort of seems, yeah, as you said, for a young guy, I mean, I can remember sort of playing against him when I was under 13. So then he sort of seemed to disappear off the scene. And then, Obviously, he was getting all of his qualifications and sort of coaching, uh, coaching around the world, and he sort of seems to have brought that back to the Guernsey scene. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely been sort of so beneficial to have him over there. And like you said, along with Pasty, who's just sort of the uh, the overseer of everything and the sort of yeah, I guess what the director of cricket. He's uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty good team. On that, then obviously you've you sort of touched on it, but uh, any objectives for for twenty twenty? Obviously, we know we're going to potentially have a shortened season. Uh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen in, in store. Um, but, you know, when, when we get outside, is there anything that we, as a, as a nation, as a senior squad, really want to achieve this year? I, I think it depends on what we're going to play. Um, you know, we could end up playing no games or we could end up with a, an interinsular plus a tournament. You, you know, I, I know that, you know, 
we're, we're hopeful that there will be a tournament, obviously pushed back date-wise, but we are still hopeful that at some stage, you know, this, this year that we will put on a Guernsey shirt. Um, I think until we know what we're playing, we can't really set objectives as such. Um, but I think the, the, the basics stay the same in the sense of if we, if we are end up playing one game and it is against Jersey, the same things are in place. You know, it's a Guernsey game at the end of the day, just because we haven't had a full season doesn't make it any less important. Um, and also, if anything, it makes people want to do even even better because it is going to be your, your one bite of the cherry. You know, you, you can't sit there and think I've got a whole season to come good. It's literally this one game. So, you know, until then, I don't think we can we can look at it too much. We're trying to keep the guys busy uh, whilst in isolation, doing some yoga on Zoom, things like that, trying to keep the guys together. Yeah, I think that could be um, a strange thing is potentially you might not actually end up playing hardly any club cricket and actually end up playing potentially more games for Guernsey if it comes to that, um, which could be a strange position to be in because it's something we've obviously never done before. Yeah, like you said there as well, if, if it does come down to it that, you know, we're not, the, the season's not clear till July, August and, and we get told we've got a tournament at the end of August, you know, suddenly, you know, definitely in my shoes, picking teams becomes quite tricky. Um, and that's where it goes back to, you know, running these sessions with Mandy, who gives up her time for us at the moment, doing all this yoga stuff. It, you know, things like that become very important. And you know, if guys can't give us thirty minutes on a Tuesday evening, why would we take them away for two weeks? Um, I know it's tricky, and I know people are working, but it's it's getting the you know the basics in. You know, people are giving up their time for Guernsey cricket. You know, to pull on the shirt. Um, so you know, that's that's something that it might come down to. Like you said, it's a strange time. If we haven't got a whole cricket season, we we might only have a month before you know, going yeah. to a tournament. So it's, def- it's definitely very strange. I think just on that as well, I mean, like Josh said, if we do get a, um, a shortened season, it's obviously going to be um, a pretty hectic build-up. So, I mean, say if, like Josh said, say if it's start of July, we get told we've got a tournament at the end of August, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a pretty, yeah, hectic few weeks leading up to that. It's obviously going to be a lot of intense training. And I think, like Josh sort of alluded to there, it's just keep yourself ticking over with um, with what you can, so like the yoga sessions and um, and sort of using your two hours a day to to exercise, so that when when we are called on to sort of train potentially, we can sort of hit the ground running straight away, rather than taking a few weeks to sort of build up a bit of steam and then get into it kind of thing. We want to make sure that we're sort of ready and raring to go in that first training session. And I mean that for me, that's that's both a uh, playing and and a coaching point as well is we've obviously got a relatively big or potentially have a relatively big under 19 tournament this year um which is, is hard to prepare for something again with with no contact time uh, and the boys are making great strides as were the seniors in, in the winter which which was really positive um m- moving on from there is i've just got a couple of you know cricket related questions um the first one is is how did you boys get into cricket um was it from a from a young age or uh, family members you know how did how did you all start for you I imagine might be the same as Joshy. My uh, my dad sort of force fed it to me from a very young age, and uh, and sort of started off. I mean, obviously I've got a younger brother CJ, um, and we were out in the garden sort of whenever we could. Um, started off football, but we both quickly realised we weren't very good at that, and uh, we were slightly less bad at cricket. So um, just sort of carried on from there. Yeah, pretty much same. To be fair, I was raised by an Australian, so soccer in our house was banned. Um, the old man used to play cricket for, obviously, back in those days, I guess the Kobo Legends team. So I remember some of my earliest memories was going down Lamar to Karch on the weeknight and watching him play 
his, his game, probably did four, something like that. Watch him get a quick 5.15, run out of gas and go back to the shed. So, um, ever since there, that's sort of where it's uh, banned from. So, yeah, and ever since then, it's just gone from, you know, a hobby to, you know, tr- trying to improve. Will sort of touched on it there, but any other sports that you guys focused on as well, um, as well as cricket? Has it always been sort of cricket as, as the only sport? I've pretty much played every um, sport. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I played tennis. Yeah. I played everything. Um, I think, um, I think yeah. for me, it was kind of like at at school, you you sort of try to hand at every sport, so um, rugby, football, hockey, and cricket. Um, and then after school, I think sort of. Well, actually, well, not after school, but I mean, at, at a certain age, you sort of choose to prioritise certain sports over the over over the others, and um, sort of chose cricket. And then after after school and after uni, it's um, been cricket. Try and hack it around the golf course every now and again. Still play a bit of hockey, but yeah, cricket's obviously main. Yeah, same as what Will said. Literally going from playing every sport to to trying to prioritise one. I mean, for quite a few years, I'd almost do two sports a day after school, and then I guess when things start getting serious, I whittled it down to table tennis and cricket but I've just been cricket for the past two three years now did pretty well at table tennis but yeah cricket was always the one that sort of uh, captured my attention the most really strange one but can you remember your your first team debut for Guernsey because I was actually thinking back and I I can't actually remember mine I I couldn't even tell you who we were playing against in in what competition or what Um, I remember my first competitive like tournament game I remember that I got picked to go on the 2012 Singapore tour and then got injured in the first competitive games on that tour. Uh, but then... <laughs> Spine, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, my first competitive one was against the Cayman Islands in Malaysia in 2014. And I just remember it being, it was about 40 degrees and 95% humidity. And sort of after your first over, it just looks like you've had a shower. and you know, it's not like you're out of breath, like knackered or anything. You just get back to the top of your mark after a few overs and you're just like, my, my body doesn't really want to work. <laughs> like, this is crazy. It's a bit, bit different from down the swap on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> you get a nice gentle breeze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gentle. <laughs> uh, and you, Joshy, do, do you remember your first competitive game? Uh, yeah. The first ever time I, I wore the Guernsey shirt, actually. So even, well being selected for, for a starting 11. I mean, I'm, I played a few or got selected for a few tournaments, but I was literally there as a, as a you know, a 12th man fielder, um, which, you know, was still good fun. There was a couple of tournaments in Jersey. One was World Cricket League. One was a T20 tournament. But my first full appearance, I guess you'd call it, was um, the 2016 inter which, yeah, unfortunately, we uh, sort of messed up a little bit. We, we fielded first, restricted them to 200, um, which is a really good effort. And uh, we were 16 for four and, as you could guess, never recovered. So, One other one, who's your guys' roomies on tour? Uh, Zacho, usually, um, if selected. I'm a bit of a, uh, bit of a busy roomie, to be fair. I sort of, at the start, I think I've roomed with Jason one trip. I've roomed with uh, Alex Bushell, the rattlesnake, another trip. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, go on, Bushell. Our most recent, uh, then I, I roomed with Brebs in South Africa. That was an experience. Most recent one was Rotterdam when uh, Ferbs was my roommate, and I'm not doing that ever oh, again. So I'll have to find a new one for the next tournament. You two were literally the grumpiest room on tour. It was absolutely horrendous. No, just because on our rest days we don't want to go and play laser tag doesn't make us grumpy. That was one of the best. Twenty-nine days. year old playing laser tag is not what you want. <laughs> 
your funniest cricketing story? Like one uh, on the pitch, obviously, a, a story from on the pitch. Mine, mine was actually, I got two. They were from the same game. Uh, <laughs> and it was, we were playing Malaysia in Malaysia on literally the flattest deck I've ever seen in my life. And the first one, the first instance was, I remember they, Malaysia had a guy who had played Pakistan A team. He was a left-hander and he was absolutely quality. And um, I, um, I being young and foolish back then, decided that I'd try and take it to him and tried to give him a bumper first ball. And it just sat up. It was just like tennis ball. And he just whacked me for a one-bounce four. And uh, our former captain, uh, Jamie Nussbaumer, needless to say, wasn't too impressed. And uh, sort of deleting out a few expletives here, he said, uh, paraphrasing, uh, put it on a length, put it on fourth stump and, um, and just try and sort of consolidate. And the next ball, I somehow managed to do just that. And uh, he literally just looked like he had all the time in the world, rocked back and then just crunched me for four through the covers. I turned around to Jamie and again, deleting the explosives, I said, what now, Skipper? And he just turned around, shrugged and walked back to mid-off. <laughs> and it was a very, very long, hot day in the field. And then um, in the same game, Jamie was bowling. I was fielding down at my usual position at a fine leg, um, watching the world go by. <laughs> and... Um, Jamie bowled a short ball and uh, one of their batsmen hooked it and it was a top edge. And to this day, I maintain that I could have got absolutely nowhere near it, even if I was I think, Usain Bolt. I think you actually had to move out the way to avoid it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even there and I heard you had to move out the um, way. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, um, yeah, I the ball bounced. I picked it up and inch perfect throw into the keeper's gloves obviously and uh, Jamie just gave it a teapot and instead of shouting at me which I thought he was going to do he was just like Will you coward <laughs> and then everyone just sort of stopped and uh, Kimbo was behind the stumps the great Tom Kimber, and uh, he was just like bloody hell did, did, uh, did Jamie just call Will a coward and everyone just like yeah and then Jamie was like Right, just sort of turn around and walk back to <laughs> That was actually a funny moment. I was there for that, which, uh, yeah, no one really knew how to react. So everyone was just sort of in shock that you yeah. sort of actually just sending you a verbal volley, actually just sort of politely abused you. <laughs> and uh, Josh, you, any, days. any longing memories of funniest cricketing uh, on the pitch? It, yeah, it probably wasn't funny at the time, but it was quite funny during this tournament when we were playing Germany when... We'd all discussed at half time in the change room, you know, we'd set a poor score and we said, Right, let's just get Craig Mashader out here and give him give him some verbals. So, you know, he, he walked out and you know, let him know that he got dropped from the second team that week and, you know, things like that and that he shouldn't be a county professional and then he proceeded to put about six balls on the three G pitch, shook our hands and said thanks for the game. Um, <laughs> which, you know, at the time wasn't funny, but I think we all got back in the change room, sat down and we <laughs> were all a bit a bit chuckly about that. Um I remember Another he, one was, he, he an absolutely massive six onto the 3G. Yeah, fortunately yeah. for me, I, I was at long yeah. on and, and I had to go and retrieve that ball from the other side of the 3G. <laughs> <laughs> what about the time where you abused Will and threw a ball at him? Uh, yeah, well, basically we were playing, I think it was Czech Republic or, or yeah, it must have been Czech Republic and Will, Will was desperate to come back on and bowl his last <laughs> over. 
because he, he likes to clean up the tail. He doesn't like to get the top order batters out. So you know, he likes to bowl one or two up front and then bowl his rest at the back end. Um, and so this, the, the number seven for the number seven for Czech Republic has smashed him everywhere. And and then I was at extra cover and he decided to try and drop a run to me. And uh, Will had been pestering me all week, all week, all week. So I picked up the ball and, and they, they were both at the bowler's end. So I thought, right, keep his ends free. And Will's sort of like falling in front of me on the floor. Um, so I've taken a shot at the stumps and it's hit him directly in the back, um, which I still haven't apologised for. That was not a shot at the stumps. But everyone else seems to think it was uh, intentional, which, you know, I, I don't think it was. I think it was just pure accident. <laughs> yeah, that, that was also a good story. Um, who, who is uh, the best player you've played with or against? Hold on, Ferbs. Before we do that, what's your funniest cricketing memory? I don't know. The one in Malaysia it is still pretty funny. Or... Yeah, that one still gets talked about a lot. Like, it's it's... I mean, if there's one thing I could tell you, I mean, that was a pretty disappointing Malaysia tour in 2014. Um, obviously, from a from a team perspective, we didn't do that great. But <laughs> there's one thing I could tell you away from that Malaysia tour is getting called a coward by our captain at fine leg. The, the, the only other one that sort of from, from last summer, which, which was quite funny, it wasn't actually on the pitch, but it was, again, the great Tom Kimber striding into nets after pumping the <laughs> UAE leagues all over the place. And uh, says says to you, Will. Uh, yeah, well, Will Offspin has just asked to get you from fifty to hundred. Then proceeded to get out bowled by you the next ball with you bowling Offspin. How about his rhino like dive when his helmet came off against Denmark? Yeah, that was also <laughs> where his head actually <laughs> fell off. <laughs> Actually, this is quickly turning into a Kimbo segment in that tournament because there was also a very funny moment against Germany where, um, where what, was, what was the name of that left-handed opening batsman? He was actually quite good. Daniel Weston. Weston. Yeah. 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 He, um, I, was, I was bowling, I think, I think second ball <laughs> nicked him off. And it, Kimbo, I think he was standing about 10 yards too close. <laughs> just hit his gloves and just went straight out again. And I was like, Kimbo, what the hell kind of thing? And he was just like, what, you haven't beaten the bat yet, so I couldn't tell. I was like, Kimbo, it's the second ball. How can you possibly make excuses for that? On that one, um, who's the, yeah, the best player you've played with or against? Josh? E- excluding myself, obviously. Well, oh, yeah. okay. I mean, I would go first, but Will's played with quite a few household names. I haven't been that lucky. Um, I think it's something to do with the education, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't quite go to the same boarding school as well. <laughs> um, now, we, when I was in Australia playing for a couple of months, we played against, and shamefully, I don't actually remember his name, but he was an extra Lankan test opener. He only played a couple of tests, but he... Um, I mean, he was about, he was late 30s when I played him. But, um, yeah, we, we had a seamer who was, who was pretty quick. Um, and, yeah, just the way he played him, just, you know, first couple of balls of the game, you know, you, you, you're talking like a, an on-drive for four and then a pull for four, and it just looked effortless. And you could, you could see the, the golfing class. So, yeah, unfortunately, I can't remember his name, shamefully, but, yeah, the, the Sri Lankan ex-test opener back in Australia. Uh, and you were- um, we went on a tour to um, 
Abu Dhabi, Guernsey Academy. Went on a tour to Abu Dhabi in 2008 and we were woefully out of our depth and we seemed to lose the toss every single game and get stuck into field where this year you had the likes of Yorkshire Academy, Sussex Academy, Glamorgan Academy, etc. Um, they proceeded to rack up anywhere between 350 and 450 and uh, Yorkshire had Joe really playing for them then. And, uh, and yeah, again, like Josh, he was describing the Sri Lankan opening batsman and just everything just looks so effortless. And um, yeah, it, it just absolute class apart. And like, you, I mean, even then you could tell, you know, this bloke's a serious, serious player. Yeah, no, apart I'd from them, I'd, I'd pick you, Ben. Apart from them. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah, obviously it's the next one, next one in line. You were close second, definitely, Perbs. Is, is that for my leg spin or my batting? I'm just trying to work it out. But it was more Maybe for your chat. <laughs> Um, just the last couple on on that section. Um, your favourite cricketing memory? Is there anything that really stands out for you? Yeah, got a couple. Um, going back to school, um, I got back when I used to be able to bat a bit. We play against Millfield, and uh, they're obviously notoriously really good at sport. And um, my dad came to watch, uh, and my best mate went to Millfield as well, um, and. Uh, we were, it was my brother's first game for the first 11 at school. And um, I went in at five, CJ went in at six. And we were 30 for four. And me and CJ batted for a while and um, ended up getting, I think, 260, setting 260. CJ got 60 odd. I ended up 106 or something like that. And it was just nice having dad and Tom there watching. It was just, uh, yeah, it was just a really nice day and something I always sort of look back on. And then, um, I think, for me, definitely beating college last year to sort of, I guess, set the scene. Um, we were massively, we had a massive net run rate deficit um, to Griffins in the Guernsey League. And um, we needed to beat college by about 200 runs. Um, correct me if I'm wrong at any point here, boys. But um, yeah, uh, we won the toss, which we needed to do. We need to bat first, and we ended up setting. What was it three, three, one, three in twenty nine overs, and then we had to bowl them out for less than one, one, three, and we bowled them out for seventy nine or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just unbelievable. The whole day and the whole night was just a blur. <laughs> everyone, it's just the yeah one of the best days. I, th- I think that game was the luckiest game to go ahead as well. Because if you remember, we were delayed. And, and I think Ollie came in the change room uh, because he was captaining and, and said, what do you reckon, lads? And I think about 99% of us said, let's just get it off. It's the almost impossible. Some of us packed up our kit bags. <laughs> yeah. We literally yeah. put our kit away and said, yeah, we may as well go. Yeah. Um, um, which, yeah, that was, that was yeah. a great, great day, though. Uh, and you, Josh, any, any more on, those, on particularly that second one? Yeah, probably that that college that college game has to be mentioned just for the sheer stupidity of the situation and just the, the what what was overturned in that sense. Um, I've got a couple others. One of them was down at Port Soft. We played like an a, an A team in Trinsler in 2014, I think it was, and uh, we set something like 180 or 45 overs, and then they were like 110 for one, needing to go at like three and a halves to to win. So we were like down and out, and then managed to come back and then they needed nine from the last over and we ended up winning by, you know, four or five runs or something. So, you know, that was, that was a 
pretty special day in the sense of sort of like we, we were there we didn't have a coach with us or anything it was almost just like a all of us were just no, there yeah. off. I, I, I think that day I think the first team we were away somewhere else yeah you were, we were coming UK. back right yeah so yeah, no, yeah. That, was, that was pretty cool um, and then probably the other one more on a more personal note was probably uh, in Netherlands when we were playing Sweden um, in in a in must win game if you like to progress to the next stage of the tournament the ranch um, well I'd probably yeah not so much or not so much my innings but just like obviously being man of the match in a game like that's a nice feeling but what stuck with me was um, the per, the person at the other end for the last bit of the innings was Luke Letizier who's someone I played sport with, not just cricket, since we were about five years old. So um, that's pretty, that was pretty pretty cool, actually, because, like, again, at the time, you don't appreciate it. But looking back, it was, yeah, that's probably one of my favourite moments on the cricket field. I think he's also got that, the picture of you two celebrating on his bedroom wall, hasn't he? Was. Yeah, he's, he's a big fan of me, so that's understandable. <laughs> did, did you sign it for him? or was this... Not yet. He's asked me to sign it. I said I won't yet, but yeah. <laughs> Beautiful bit of bowling from William Peatfield. The stump comes crashing out the ground, and that's a big wicket here in Guernsey versus Denmark at the KG5. That's the first wicket. Letizia is the one who strikes. He gives it a big celebration. He writes it up on a book. He notes it down and sends them off. That man beats him to that list. That's the breakthrough Letizia needed. That's the breakthrough Guernsey needed, and that's the breakthrough from Mark Leonard to my left one to make smile in his face. And that's a better shot there. Stokes straight up the mark. Rolls for four. What a wonderful cut there. Moving on to actual uh, players individually in the current Guernsey setup. Um, just a few quick fire ones here. So, uh, sort of the, the player's player, like the one that everyone thinks is the, the gun. Who's the jet? Uh, Stokesy. Yeah. Or Pete Field. Yeah, see, that's, that's the two I would have come up with. What about the messiest in the dressing room? This one was slightly difficult because obviously they don't spend a huge amount of time in the dressing room. But Barker, he's pretty yeah, messy. Barker's pretty bad. He's he's usually he's usually yeah taking off his pads. Stokesy's quite messy as well, actually. Stokesy's kit gets everywhere. Yeah, because Stokesy's a weird one because he's a very meticulous character, but his, his stuff just seems to be everywhere the entire time. He he's one that will be able to tell you. Exactly what happened for his first ever ball for Guernsey to his his ninety ninth ball for Guernsey. He he knows. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. You could you, you could ask him at any point in the season what his batting average is, and he'd be able to tell you. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable counting. Um, who's the joker in the dressing room? Lua. Hoops, yeah, I was going to say Lua Hoops. Yeah, or Brett. Hoops is like a pestery sort of funny, and then <laughs> Lua's just sheer stupidity funny, I guess. <laughs> Uh, the, yeah. the most vain? Uh, Ferbs. <laughs> yeah, Ferby uh, or Lua likes doing his hair. Yeah. Um, I think, by the, think by the looks of this tash, I'm certainly not vain. <laughs> yeah, but you are the only one with green gloves. That's because I'm a big fish. <laughs> you are a big fish, right? <laughs> Actually, that could be my favourite memory on a cricket pitch. <laughs> oh, most vain. Right. I'm Australian Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Most vain. He won't like us saying this, but Tommy Nightingale, I reckon, rates himself. Yes, 100% yeah. Tommy. He's a good looking bloke to be fair to him, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, who, who's the? It's a bit of a difficult one now because we've just had a change of coach. But I've gone for teacher's pet. Under Ash. Ferbs. Under Ash, it would have been hoops, Ferbs, or probably me. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. It it massively differs from coach to coach because you look at like Skeg, for example, and it was Stokesy. Um, probably Ferb. So there, there seems to be a common denominator here. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you just got to keep the coach sweet. <laughs> um, I don't want anyone getting into my plans here, but yeah, you know. <laughs> it's worked for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't really know. What do you reckon about past in Tappet? No, it's just early, really. hard to sort of to say. I, I know Pasty back in the day was a big fan of Jamie. It's a bit tricky because I think the squad's moved on somewhat from the sort of when was he last in charge? Probably about seven or eight years ago now, something like that. Um, so yes, it's yeah. kind of drastically changed. I, I think myself and Jamie are the only two sort of members of the squad who were, and, and probably yourself actually, Will, um, who were there from Pasty's first first sort of reign. Um, who's the the best trainer? Ben Furbrush, probably. Yeah, Furbs, you're up there, probably. Um, it kind of depends because because there's there's people who put in the hours and there's people who who constantly improve. Um, yeah, you know quality I mean. so, versus quantity is always a thing. Yeah, so I mean, you look at someone like, um, I mean, TV. If you look at how he's improved over the last two years or three years, or it's not so much about the training, but how he's how he's sort of matured as a player, and I think that's. A being the fact that he's played a lot of cricket and trained a lot, but B just because he's had exposure, like being in the Guernsey team, to um, to sort of a higher standard, and he's improved a lot as a cricketer because of that. Um, but then, yeah, you put you yeah people that put in the hours certainly. Um, Ferbs yourself, um, Joshy's been training hard through the winter. I've been training through the winter. Yeah. Brebsy's been training incredibly hard through the winter. Um, but yeah, in general, Ferbs, I reckon you're up there again. Have you just geared all these questions as that you're the answer? <laughs> no, no, because the, 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 the next, the next couple of training hard. <laughs> it's got a correlation. He can't play, he can't play but he trains. <laughs> yeah. um, who's the best answer? Because that's certainly not me. Uh, Matt Stokes has the best, my dad says he's got the best slut drop I've ever <laughs> yeah, seen. He has, in my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So I, I think for me, Lou is the, the, the best dancer. Yeah, yeah Lou is good. For someone that's got metal hips, he actually moves them quite well. <laughs> <laughs> and then on that, who's the worst dancer? I'm, I'm up there, 100%. Ben, ben Furbrush. <laughs> yeah, Ben Furbrush <laughs> um, This next one is, is quite tricky. So I'm not sure there is many, but who's the hard man? Well, I don't want to go blow my own trumpet, but... <laughs> It is definitely not Will Peatfield. He's the last <laughs> oh, one. Oh, chocolate spine Peatfield. He'd be my last one I take on the front line. <laughs> one person uh, that I wouldn't want to fight is Hoops. Yeah, no, yeah. he's dirty. Yeah. But again, that's the yeah, you'd get a thumb in the eye and you get a bite on your back, so that's why. Yeah, I don't think he's rooming uh, yet. Yeah, hoops. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Hoops or hoops. Josh, I mean, Josh, you'll you'll play through pretty much any injury. Um, so there's nothing. Oh, I mean, he got a bruise in his hand last year to stop playing. Oh God, do you remember the wind? Hang on, you were you were stood next to me during those warm-up games. You didn't play either. I just I knew the coach. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's who's Mr. Grumpy? Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah, see, I, my number one would have to be the skipper, unfortunately, for him. Yeah. Because I have to babysit all you lot and deal with all your moaning and all your great ideas. <laughs> what, eight it's flips. like a T20. The best thing is, it's a T20 game and Pete feels bold his four overs and he's in my ear saying, can I bold? No, Will, you bold your four overs. <laughs> Must be near so the end of the innings, thanks. He doesn't bowl up front. No, yeah, true. It's in the change rooms <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Just constant, um, constant babysitting. And finally, on that one, who's the biggest badger? You, Burbs, Ben Fairbrush. There's different, there's different kinds of badgers. Ben Fairbrush. So I reckon Barker's up uh, there as a badger. I reckon yeah, I'm Josh, up there. Yeah. Josh, yeah. elaborate. Well, you got oh, Josh. You got someone like. Statistics badgers, Stokesy. He knows that he knows all the numbers. But then you got people like probably me, Ferbs, who are just badgers in general. And like so someone will put up saying, "Oh, did you see? I don't know. Did you see what so and so put on social media, or did you see so and so's knock yesterday?" And probably guilty. Me and Ferbs are always like, "Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah." Whereas you got other blokes who are like, "No, no idea." And then finally on the sort of Guernsey section, uh, who's the, you know, the, what's the best innings um, by Guernsey that you've sort of seen or witnessed? Um, the most important one I've seen, um, probably Josh's against Sweden, like you said last year. Um, that was pretty big. Yeah, I think the, the only other one which I'm not sure either you've always played in it was actually Kimbo's when yeah, you were down and out. Was, I wasn't even there. But no, I wasn't was, there. I mean, I think I've was heard just something it. else. 60,000 times, but yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd never tell Kimber this to his face, but it was something else. <laughs> One thing that I've... I, I remember watching it, but I was a kid, I was just at the ground watching it, was um, back in 2011 when Frithy scored 129 in, in the Interinsula. Um, yeah. Again, I was, I was a bit young to sort of realise who was... Like, actually, I knew who was batting, but like who was actually bowling and things, and I'm sure... I'm sure it was um, Hawkins K bowling for Jersey at the back end of the innings. I'm sure it was him. And uh, Frithy was just down on one knee, sweeping in constantly. And just, yeah, we set, I think, close to 300 that day. So, you know, to score 129 in, in an entrance is obviously, I guess, a standout. Yeah. Um, probably games yeah, that I was mean... playing in. I'd, I'd stoke, there was a, a tournament in um, Jersey, World Cricket League, third and fourth playoff against Vanuatu, which basically... You know, long story short, you lose and you're out the funding. So it was, you know, a, a, a thousands pound game, if you like. Um, Stokesy went out and got 80 odd. Um, we set 240 and we end up winning the game. So that's, again, you look at important innings rather than <clears throat> spectacular yeah. innings, I guess. Yeah. When push comes to shove, that, that was a pretty important innings as well. With uh, I've given you boys a bit of a tip off against this one. We're going to do, just to finish, a uh, greatest 11 that you have either played with or against um, throughout your, I think we said adult career, didn't we? So um, Yeah, so what was it, 18, 18 or older? 18 or older, yeah. Um, so, if you want to lead us off, Will. Uh, number one, Will Peatfield. Um, <laughs> opening batter. No, uh, number one, Luke Wells. Opening batter with Matt Machen. Joe Root at three. Joss Butler at four. David Miller at five, Tom Abel at six, Craig Mishader at seven, Ben Stevens at eight, 
Michael Yardy at nine, uh, Brandon Glover at ten, and Chris Liddle at eleven. Yeah, that's, that's some team. That, that would take some beating, I think. I don't know. Get a full strength Kobo team out. We'll give them a good game. <laughs> Have we not signed any of those players this year? <laughs> In negotiations. <laughs> All right. And uh, and yours, Joshy. Uh, number one. Going back to what I said before, that, that Sri Lankan test opener, I don't have his name, he'd be opening. Um, Adam Rossington, number two. Sean Heather, number three. Tommy That's Meredith, number four. To- Tommy was my, or the first grade skipper in Australia when I was playing and he, he was getting slightly, I guess, pushing on a bit in years when I was there. But some of the stories that the blokes used to say about him, he was, you, could, you could tell that he was just ridiculously... Ridiculous equality. Um, number five is Kaufman, the, the MCC player. Pete Field knows more about him than I do. Ah. Um, I've, I literally, I, I watched him play once over here in a game and, yeah, he's in. Number six is, a, I don't have his first name. His surname was Barrett. He, he could have played WA state cricket. Um, but basically, he'd he, he get paid loads of money to play a bit lower down the leagues. So he, the game we played against him, for example, he opened the bowling and bowled about 135. K's and opened the batting and scored shed loads of runs. Team bit six, Craig Mashader at seven. Yeah, Craig Mashader at seven. Uh, ben Stevens at eight. Um, nine. We played a Sussex League game against Ifield, and there was a bloke who played for Rajasthan Royals. In the yeah, IPL. the leg spinner. Yeah, he'd be in. He, yeah. he, he, bowled, he bowled something like 22 overs at us and, and took six for 32. Or so. It was something ridiculous. Yeah, he, and, he, um, he, I think Ifield got finished third that year or something like that. And yeah. he was, and, and literally, literally he took the, ridiculous amount of wickets. I, I think I batted something like 35 overs that game. And literally the way that you had to pick him was if it pitched on leg stump or outside leg, it was a leg spinner. And if it pitched on your stumps or outside off, it was a wrong one. He was literally that good. Um, so he'd be in my team. Blair Tickner at 10, plays for the Kiwis. Uh, and Brendan, yeah, absolutely rapid bloke who came over last year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, jo- jo- Josh, he didn't face many of his balls, though. No, I, I was at the non-strikers end, but yeah. Parked, parked on his back was Brandon Glo- uh, was um, Blair Tickner was bumping. Run, Blair. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brandon, Brandon Glover, 11. So. He was yeah. so absolute gas. Yeah, Glover. Yeah. Was, yeah. He was different. Yeah, he was, yeah. Who's the, um, actually, who was the, who was the bloke who, who played for Netherlands who wasn't quick? He just had it on a string. Was that Van Meerken? Or was oh, that... Um, what, he played last Left year? Armor. Oh, yeah. The, no, the young lad that opened the bowling. Yeah, blonde guy. Oh, uh, Hiddink, Hiddink over, Overdeek. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was, was yeah, he was ridiculous, yeah. He was, he was good. I mean, we, we do also always manage to play Holland in, like, April when it seems around and does everything, and then... Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good, that. Fresh out, fresh out of winter. <laughs> yeah. well, it seems to be a flat deck when they're batting and an absolute green <laughs> signal when we're batting the, the other guy that for them is that uh, the keeper Tobias Visa He's, he was yeah, on my list like, I was going to put him in yeah. but yeah, yeah he um, he was a serious yeah he is a serious player He's, yeah. um, when he was, just, there was, there was sweeping there was, hoops there was, <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was one ball I bowled against him last year and it was we've been practising just hitting back for length all all winter and just sort of fourth stump. First ball bowled him back for length, fourth stump, and he just literally just one knee just ramped me. 
and it was sort of like a six over long leg and I was just like brilliant it's going to be a long leg you don't bowl that quick huh you don't bowl that quick I, I say a ramp it was more of a sweep one bounce four <laughs> Like we said, actually, we we're very fortunate in Guernsey to have actually played against quite a few of these, you know, big names. Um, really put ourselves to test. Uh, the the link with Sussex we've got is actually very good in terms of we get ex- good exposure against often their sort of um, fringe players uh, and and also their academy boys. Um, so yeah, that is, it's quite a nice little test every season to play against those boys. I mean, I mean, I think, I think just on that, I think we came up with sort of a list of uh, of almost also runs, and uh, on the uh, on the elevens we played against, sort of some of the some of the players that sort of didn't make it, they were still absolutely quality. I mean, we haven't really mentioned Ravo yet or or, or Frithy, and those are sort of yeah. two players that that were just absolutely class from Guernsey and uh, and still are, to be honest. So um, yeah, I mean, just sort of the yeah, like you said, verbs the. I think we're pretty fortunate to be able to play against some um, some players which we wouldn't ordinarily play against. Certainly, I mean, I mean, you look at that um, the seventeen-year-old from Norway. I can't remember what his name was. The left armor. The left armor, yeah. He's an absolute rocket. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's been signed up by Essex, hasn't he? Look at the Netherlands attack though. The past few years, you got Snater, you got Klassen, you got Glover, you got um, you Van guys. Who's the bloke with the glasses? Who opens the bowling? What's his name? Vivian Kingma. Kingma hasn't quite been signed by anyone yet. But you you look at like Snate has been signed by Essex. Classen's at Kent. Glover went to Northants. Yeah, he's at Northants. But Glover was supposed to be in the IPL auction. Was he? Really? Wasn't he? I think, I'm sure he got, he he was named as like being potentially in the auction or something like that. You've then got Blair Tickner who plays, I think he's in the T20 squad for the Kiwis. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've actually been exposed to some international players, which is quite cool. Yeah. yeah and then again, 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 through that Sussex link, I mean, we had, um, we had what, uh, Tyrone Mills and, and uh, Chris Jordan a couple of years ago yeah. come over and yeah. sort of playing, playing those games. And it's just, yeah, it's, you've got to think if it was a, if it was a sort of, a sort of club side from the, from the UK, you definitely wouldn't get that sort of exposure. And I think, yeah, that's, that's the great thing about, about well, a being an international side and then b sort of having that association with Sussex, it's uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I think on on that the, the most recent one we played against, um, he's now at, at Bristol, is is a, or Gloucester is um, Stuart Whittingham, who again was yeah. was was pretty yeah. Nice. Uh, so also you get to in that game, there was Harry Finch. Yeah, yeah. There was also Tom Clark, who was in the England Under Nineteen World Cup squad. Yeah, and, and there's also another another young lad who's contracted Will Sheffield. Uh, the he was yeah. a left armour. Yeah, so yeah, um, I know, I know, I know. You boys take the mic and stuff like that, but playing um, playing MTC, you get some pretty, you get to play against some pretty good players. Um, sort of just on tours, especially. I mean, like like you said, Joshy, um, Richard Kaufman's absolutely quality. Um, then you have got like Eddie Ballard. Um, Jamie Southgate, they were all over last year. Will Jones was just as a bowler to watch. He just literally swung it in and in and out and just had it on a string all day, pretty much. It's good because, like you said, you get exposed to these good players and you're learning from the entire time. So it's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's sort of the main thing is what you can pick up from them. Like for me, yeah, like I, I mentioned him before, but Heath, Sean Heather has been like 
great just to chat to and um, spent, fortunately for me, is one season, uh, I think he batted three and I batted four, so we spent quite a lot of time together. And actually, it's just great. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have done, mate. Yeah. He, <laughs> he would have spent a lot of time. <laughs> did, he, did he come back in the sheds and talk you through his innings? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have you not had a good year that year. But yeah, no, so ch- just literally just, you know, chewing their ear off every now and again and um, I, I think he he used to keep me sort of in check when we were batting uh, which, which is always sort of nice whereas I'd, I'd want to be the, the big guy and hit the big shots and hit some when you're building yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I don't mind giving some chirp <laughs> really I never noticed that <laughs> I think I'm getting worse in my age as well more <laughs> cynical <laughs> <laughs> Right, so, yeah, nice. yeah, on the uh, on the whole, <laughs> I say sledging. It's sledging in a commas. It's 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 very bang average banter um, <laughs> from from everyone. But it's not 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 just from you. It is it's sort of strange. Sort of the I guess the the higher standard you go up, the sort of more intense I guess the sledging gets. It's uh yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I guess there's more riding on it at the. the real top level um that the thing we were just chatting about before the, the ben stokes talking over uh, his innings and he and he actually mentioned about how the australians never actually turned their back on them um and he said when nathan lyon was bowling he said he constantly was walking backwards to his mark and he said yeah to turn their back and he said and all of a sudden he said he started turning his back and walking back to his mark and he said and that's when he knew that he was on top body language yeah yeah it just you know which is Probably something that we wouldn't necessarily pick up on, um, but yeah, they, they obviously do it at the, the top top level. See how this first podcast is is received. Um, hopefully, you not know, very well, I'd imagine. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. <laughs> well, it's, no, pleasure's all mine, chaps. Just you know, chatting cricket is just love it as a badger. I bet Josh has been in his element as well. Yeah, um, you've just been keeping you've just been keeping sweet with the captain. Thank you for listening to the Guernsey Cricket Podcast. Remember to hit the subscribe button. And stay safe.